You're not there to pitch. You're there to engage in a conversation to understand what's going on. Welcome to Data-Driven Selling by the Sales Insights Lab, the podcast that helps reps and business owners generate more meetings and close more sales at higher prices. Have you ever thought to yourself, you know what? I feel like I'm stuck in that sales rut. How do I shape up my routine and just improve as a salesperson to just get that much stronger, to get that much better? Well, there are things that you can be doing right now in order to truly become a better salesperson. Little changes that when you implement them, they change everything for you. So I'm going to show you nine changes you need to make right now in order to become a better salesperson. Check it out. Number one, drop the enthusiasm. I cannot say this idea enough, but enthusiastic selling simply does not work. It just doesn't. And I can prove it to you viscerally. Imagine you meet a salesperson and you shake their hand and they say, hey, so nice to meet you. So glad to be here. God, I can't wait to show you all of the amazing things that we are going to do to improve the quality of your life, right? You're just like immediately like, oh God. Even when it's done in a clean, sharp, professional way, it still just sounds really cheesy. When we drop that enthusiasm and instead just behave in a way during the sales process that's just relatable, that's just connectable, we are suddenly going to become so much more effective. I always use the analogy of thinking like a doctor, talking like a doctor. You don't have to behave in some way that's just magnificent. Instead, we just want to be focused on them. Number two, Pitching is old school. I can't tell you the number of times that I cringe when I hear the word pitch. I hear it with clients all the time. Sophisticated organizations, sophisticated sales organizations with thousands of salespeople, and they're saying, yeah, we really wanna get better at pitching to our clients. And immediately I think to myself, geez, these are really, really successful, well-known companies, and they're still using this antiquated term of pitching. We don't want to pitch to our clients. Instead, we want to engage them in a conversation. We want to understand what is going on in their world. So we're not walking into a client's office with a 45-slide pitch deck. Instead, we're going in with nothing but a notebook and a pen in that initial discovery, and we're finding out what's going on in their world, what they care about, what are the concerns that they most have. If you do have something that you're going to share with them early on, that's fine, but be willing to just share it as a way to spark the conversation, and then immediately, once they start talking, focus on that. You're not there to pitch. You're there to engage in a conversation to understand what's going on. Number three, no need to persuade. This really builds on the last idea that we don't have to be persuading prospects to do business with us. We don't have to convince them. Prospects are smart. They don't need to be persuaded. They don't need to be convinced. What they need is to determine whether there's a fit. They want to see that you're the right fit for them. And so what we ultimately want to do is behave like that doctor who's not trying to persuade persuade someone into doing that surgery, but instead is really just determining, does the prospect really need the surgery? Is this the right time? Do the challenges that they have make it even relevant to buy into your solution? When we start to think like that, we take 
all the pressure off of the prospect and now we're setting an environment where they can really make a comfortable informed decision but that's also based on their needs on their emotions on what they actually care about so it's not about persuading but instead engaging them in that conversation and asking questions that are going to help you understand exactly where they are hurting what's going on and what they really care about number four don't focus on the close you know i can't tell you the number of times a salesman manager says to me, yeah, we really want to help our salespeople close the sale better. They're okay up front, but it's when the close comes that they get really weak. And immediately I say to myself, geez, this person has no clue what they're talking about. It's not about the close. It's about everything leading up to that point of close that matters. What you say in the close is almost inconsequential. It's what you're saying at the beginning of the interaction. It's what you're saying during the discovery. It's what you're saying during the presentation. So that way when the close comes, you don't have to have some fancy headlock technique where you're holding them between your arms and you're saying, okay, so you're ready to do it. You're ready to sign on the line. All you need is to be stronger early on and then the close is some inconsequential next step. Literally clarifying what are the next steps. So don't focus on the close as much as what you're doing. What are those questions you're asking? How are you engaging prospects in conversations? How are you presenting in a way that's making it a two-way conversation? So that way by the time the close comes, it's just a done deal. Number five, know your discovery questions. I literally just made a video on this and understanding your discovery questions up front are so important. What knowing your discovery questions means is that when you're actually face to face with a prospect or you're on the phone or you're on that Zoom meeting, when you know what your discovery questions are already going to be, you're not thinking in your head while they're talking, what am I gonna ask next? Oh, what am I gonna say next? What's gonna be my next question, right? Instead, you already know what that next question is, so you're not worried about what that next question is, you're focused 100% on the prospect. So knowing your discovery questions every single time and by the way these really shouldn't change knowing those questions every single time is so important because then it allows you to go from focusing on yourself and what you're saying and what you're going to say next and instead focusing on what the prospect is saying right now so that way when they say that thing that doesn't really make sense or that you should really dig deeper you're ready to even go deeper and come up with a question like now you just mentioned this help me understand why you said that you're going even deeper know those discovery questions so that way you're totally focused on them and at the same time we're following that consistent process that's leading a prospect into that value conversation number six establish budget it's amazing how contentious this idea is in today's world of selling but I can't tell you the number of salespeople that push back on me when they say oh you can't ask for a budget prospects aren't going to give you a budget now not all prospects will give you their budget sure but that doesn't mean that you can't ultimately establish a budget with every single prospect before you give the presentation. If you are revealing the price at some point in your conversations without having established a budget, you're doing things wrong. What you ultimately want to do is establish a budget with a prospect so that way when you present, you know, first of all, are we on the same page and you're not going to waste all your time presenting your offering, but also so that way you can really test whether they're truly qualified. You can also kind of by establishing that budget, you're establishing the value before 
before you've even shown them the solution. So they already kind of know, so it's not this tense, uncomfortable price reveal at the very end, because they already have established a budget, we've made sure we're on the same page, it's not a big deal. Now, how you do that, I've, I've made a ton of videos on this, but what we ultimately want to do is make sure that we're on the same page with money before we present. So you literally might say that, George, before I go back to my office and put together a proposal, I just want to have a quick conversation about money to make sure that we're on the same page. Does that sound okay? Inevitably they say, sure. And you say, okay. So I can tell you right now, a project like this is going to range anywhere from X to Y. Is there anywhere on that range where you could see investing to solve the challenges that you've mentioned? Now they say, sure. And now you have that conversation. You go right into the budget conversation. Number seven, learn their decision-making process. Not understanding a prospect's decision-making process is one of the most common complete traps that salespeople fall into. We get excited, we're like, oh, they have the budget, they seem super interested, they're all into this, let's present, let's make it amazing, we're gonna spend hundreds, thousands, millions of dollars on this presentation and then they give the presentation and the prospects like oh okay well actually this was great but now i need to run this by my team and get their buy-in or i need to run this by my boss and make sure that she's on the same page with us whoa what happened how did that happen i didn't know about this magical boss or this magical team of people that you need to run this by by determining their decision making process before the presentation we are staying in control of the sales process Every single person making a decision, almost every single person runs their decisions by someone. Even in a consumer example, if it's a big enough purchase, they're likely to be running the decision by someone else. In an organization, even if you're selling to the CEO, oftentimes they have a team that they wanna get buy-in, they wanna have a collaborative process. And so you want to learn that decision-making process early on in the conversation, not after you've presented. Because oftentimes you'll say something like, hey, you know, George, tell me a little bit about your decision-making process. And they say, oh, well, I actually have a team of people that are really gonna be involved in this process. And you say, okay, so tell me a little bit more about who those people are and what are their roles, right? And so you get all that information. And then once you have that information, then you say something like, well, in our next conversation where I present to you these ideas, would it make sense to bring everyone together into the same place so that way everyone can really see what this solution looks like. And now you have everyone there and you're taking so much more control of that buying process. Number eight, always have a next step. This is one of my biggest passions this year of selling, is that I find so many salespeople go through a solid sales process, but then they end one interaction without a clear next step. So we always want to have a scheduled next step coming out of any interaction with a prospect. And you want to become just completely militant about this, where literally you never let a prospect out of your sight or off the phone without scheduling a next step. If it's moving forward, there should always be a next step. It should never be something like, oh, yeah, I'll send over the proposal to you on Wednesday, and then how about I follow up on, on Thursday? No, you get it in the schedule where you send a calendar invite and they accept. So you want to really make sure that you know exactly what that next step is and just ask them, say, uh, Sarah, uh, do you have your calendar in front of you? She says, yes. You say, okay, great. So uh, I'll, I can get you the proposal by middle of next week. Is there a time at the end of next week that might work for you where we can review and, and discuss any questions that you have? Sarah says, sure. I could talk on Thursday morning. Great. Lock it in. 
always have a next step. Number nine, be willing to make mistakes. I'm talking about this a lot lately because it's so important that we're willing to make mistakes. This whole training so far has been about specific tactics and techniques. And what happens is when we start using a lot of new ideas, we start to get nervous, right? And we do make some mistakes and it's okay. Be willing to make those mistakes. Be willing to mess things up. And that willingness to mess things up actually liberates you from doing things that are timid, that are tentative. I want you to take risks. Next time you're in front of that prospect and it's time to ask that budget question, ask the question. Don't be worried about messing it up. If you mess it up, so what? You know what? Chances are they won't even notice. Be willing to make those mistakes and what you're going to find is you're going to be so much better than if you were afraid of making those mistakes. So there are the nine changes you need to make right now in order to become a better salesperson. Thanks for listening. Want more tactical advice on selling? Register for our free video training on the five-step formula to closing more deals without price pushback, think it overs, or ghosting. Simply visit closing.training to get instant access. That's closing.training to get instant access.